This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody and welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. This is a comic book review show where we take books from the past week, recap, review them, let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. We just got back from Baltimore Comic Con just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with Baltimore Comic Con, it is uh, a Comic Con in Baltimore. Uh, but it's so much more than that. I really like this show. Yes. Uh, we go every year. We've mm-hmm. been going since 2006. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we have an amazing time. Huge host of creators. We got a chance to talk to amazing people, uh, including people out there in the population. That's Yay. the nickname we have for people. Comic Pop. Get it. And uh, yeah, we got a chance to talk to a lot of great creators. We got a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, just overall enjoy the show. We even filmed an extra special episode of our Instagram slash Facebook exclusive series on the cheap yep. at the show. So mm-hmm. if you go to Instagram.com slash Comic Pop Official or go to our Facebook page, uh, which is also Facebook.com slash Comic Pop Official, you can find a little episode where we recommend a specific title, but more importantly, uh, an exercise for you to try if you're interested in comic book collecting of any kind. Yeah. Uh, see any good trailers lately? Yeah. <laughs> I was really not expecting that. No. Uh, yeah, so the Bloodshot trailer dropped today, it technically, did. 3 a.m. Yeah, that's uh, and today. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's it was pretty dope. I'm surprised. Like I, I was like, okay, Bloodshot. I never thought you'd ever make one of these, and yet right? here we are. Right. Uh, it's a, a lot of surprises. One is from Sony, two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bloodshot. Yeah. Three, it's cool. You got to watch the American trail. The international trailer is a little meh, but the, the U.S. domestic trailer is the one that actually, and, and by the way, they both give away the entire story, which you knew from the beginning. It's like Lone I Hero. Think I think I saw the American, I'm not sure which one I We saw on. the American <clears throat> one, uh, and then uh, I saw the international one when it came out. Okay. Um, again. You know, because like, they put up both of them at the same right, time. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, no, the American trailer is fun because it's got the fun, it's got the time loop and everything like that. But uh, if you haven't already, check out the Bloodshot trailer. I'm sure most of you probably have. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Actually, uh, in response to the Bloodshot trailer, I got a mysterious package. What? I'm going to open up here <laughs> on the show. Uh, it has this very, very ominous looking manila envelope here There's, no no says, manila omino, uh, envelope can be ominous yeah no uh it says confidential it's a confidential envelope yes i shouldn't look at it then no yeah it says uh it's from project rising spirit the subject is bloodshot oh but it's been uh, redacted yeah heavily by black bar uh next uh, next scheduled deployment uh february 21st 2020 uh which i don't know the abilities, billions of nanites flow through the subject's veins, granting him accelerated healing and rendering him virtually unkillable. Furthermore, the subject possesses superhuman strength and shape-shifting capabilities. The nanites allow the subject to communicate with technology. 
Strengths include a brilliant combat tactician, expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat with all modern forms of weaponry. In short, the subject is the perfect weapon. Oh. Although there are some weaknesses, the subject's nanites require immense protein intake for energy. And additionally, the subject's memory implants render him easy to manipulate, but these false memories have the potential to backfire if not closely monitored and controlled. Uh, the origin is redacted. And uh, from whom this is. Oh. Also redacted, though the, it is signed. Well, somebody has to sign it. I know. Uh, no, no, it's not. Who, the date and the file and the real name of the subject are redacted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what else do we get here in this uh, handy-dandy box? We also got... This <gasps> a lanyard pass. and a QR code regarding Project Rising Spirit. Which apparently you're part of. I am, are yeah. You, my name is on this Are you thing. late for work? I guess so. I guess I gotta go to Project Rising Spirit. We'll do the show first, but then I gotta go. <laughs> um, and just for, just for fun, hey, how about the oh, definitive edition of the nice. Bloodshot trade paperback, which you can get... Uh, from Valiant Comics, tw about 25 bucks. Uh, by the way, you get a lot of stuff in here. Excellent. Um, and it's all the new stuff. It's all the stuff from, like, the previous run of, uh, of Valiant. Uh, probably a ton of, like, really key stories that include the character. So if you're like, I kind of dig the trailer, I want to get into the character, this isn't a bad volume to pick up. Yeah. Maybe no, we'll seriously. Be yeah, we may need to use this in the future on, uh, on our channel. What? So keep an eye out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we got a couple of fun things. We also got one of these. Uh, <gasps> I actually like this a lot. I used it. Yeah? Yeah. Well. It's literally just a cord. But it's very helpful. Yeah. Because it's a USB and it has a micro... Uh, it's a USB-C and a lightning cable on the other side. Nice. So it's like... It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's helping out everybody. Yeah, I also have one. What? Yeah. Give me that. You can have it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I only need one. It has two different things on it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, just it was a little bit of fun. They, they, we, we, we get these sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. thought I'd share it around. No, that's um, very sweet. Honestly, though, I did enjoy the Bloodshot trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, I had this moment where I was just like, Man, RoboCop wishes he was Bloodshot. <laughs> and I'm not, and again, that has just to do with like the memory thing and like, you know, the like, you know, we, you know, an organization trying to figure out how to kind of privatize this sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, just, I mentioned it because it's happening, it's trending, so we'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, from there, um, we wanted to mention that this show is actually sponsored, not by Valiant. No. Uh, we just wanted to talk about it. But moreover, we wanted to uh, say it's sponsored by you, actually, out there. If you are watching the show live, you can use the Super Chats to ask a question, make a comment mm -hmm. on this show, and uh, for you know a couple of shekels, we'll, we'll, we'll do that for you. We'll read it here on the show. Uh, it's a way to help keep the lights on here on, the, uh, here on this side of the, of the camera. Uh, so yeah, Yay. let's jump into it. Let's do uh, it. Oh, Drew my Chester says, "My favorite comic book couple. Y'all are awesome. You are awesome as well, Drew. Thank you so much, Thank man." Thank you. Uh, T and K Productions. Wow, it's my first time catching you live. Hi. Very surprised faces. Thank you very much, T K. Uh, T and K. Welcome to the live show. Uh, and Silver Cricket says, "Do you think Disney's smart enough to have had an X Men script prepared, or do you think they're starting from scratch?" He's talking, of course, about the 
Disney Fox acquisition and the moving forward with the X-Men franchise and the MCU. Um, I think that they were legally barred from working on it at all. I had always maintained that the Eternals production was a secret Trojan horse production of X-Men. But... And that they just literally changed all the names. And they like put Eternals on the door and everything so that they could you know, skirt the law, but I think that, no, I, I think that they have loose ideas. My guess would be they probably have, like, a direction that they want to go in, but they also don't want to hamstring whoever is going to be directing at least the first iteration. And, of course, with X-Men, you, you know, you're not just going to get an X-Men movie. You're going to get, like, all the other stuff that comes along with it. And, of course, if the X-Men comics are an indication, you, you could have anywhere between, like, two to seven different franchises going from mm. the one. So, you know, the person who's great at directing the X-Men movie might be terrible for, like, a Deadpool movie or an X-Force movie or a right. Excalibur movie. You know, the sky's the limit as far as the X-Men's concerned. So to say, like, oh, let's start with X-Men now, you know, no, no. Let's, let's, let's leave it loose and open and see where they want to go with it, but at the very least have, like, some kind of direction. Because the last thing you want is for them to just go, oh, I think we'll just make... Maybe we'll make an X-Force movie. Just see where it goes. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a plan. But, uh, what was it? Uh, John Saucer also says, hello. Hello. Hello, John. Hello, hello. Price 8040 coincidentally just finished all of Morrison's X-Men run. Wow. The night before Hickman's number one came out. I realized, like Morrison, he doesn't do the meta BS. Yeah. I like Morrison. He doesn't when he doesn't do the meta BS. I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. It, it, it's hard not to. I mean, like some of his run is definitely a critique of X Men, so there's something to be said there. But like, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, I like Morrison. He's a little more grounded, but it's hard to find. And uh, Joe D says, looking forward to meeting you guys this Saturday. Yay. Oh, what is Joe talking about? Well, uh, Tiffany and I and our co-hosts Ben and Ethan will be at Zap Comics. At, uh, in Wayne, New Jersey, this Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. Yeah. If you go to our Facebook page, you can actually RSVP to the event. Um, or you can go to Zap Comics' Facebook page and RSVP to their version of our event. Uh, or you can just come. It's fine. You, just, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, just, just come by. Uh, but yeah, 4 to 7, we'll be there. We're going to have posters and stuff, maybe. I don't know. Are we doing something? I, I don't know. I think we're going to shoot, maybe. We'll see. Fantastic. I look forward to finding out. Me too. <laughs> I think we should jump into some books. I think you're right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Spider-Man from J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams and Sarah Pacelli, or Pacelli. Uh, this, this is the second issue of yeah. the miniseries that was much hyped. It's horrible. Don't buy this book. Pass. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what do you do? Uh, what do you read? Uh, why? It's really boring. And by the numbers, if you've ever seen it, like, uh -huh. if you've ever imagined a, a young Spider-Man or a Spider-Man's kid learning to be Spider-Man, if you saw Into the Spider-Verse, if you've ever read Renew Your Vows, or the Spider-Girl series, or House of M Spider-Man, uh -huh. or any number of other Spider-Man books, like, you got it. It's the same damn thing over and over again, and done by a lesser creator. Like somebody who isn't quite polished, who hasn't quite reached that level yet. Okay. So, don't waste your money. Issue two is where I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And it's not going anywhere. And it didn't. It didn't go anywhere you wanted it to go. Yeah. Just woof. Okay. So pass on that one. Um, 
What about you? What'd you read? Um, I read Savage Sword of Conan. Oh, Conan! Uh, written by Roy Thomas. Oh, that's right. Written I remember you recommending that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a return for these two uh, to Conan. Um, Savage Sword is the Conan book that basically, like, you know, uh, they bring a team on and they tell a story and then the arc ends and then they go to another team yes. to, to start the next arc, which yeah, is exactly. kind of cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just tales of Conan, basically. Right. In a way. Um, Savage Sword specifically. Now, they might have actually um, done this in the other stories. I haven't noticed because I really don't usually read the credits page. I'll be honest. I just kind of blast through to get to. Oh, the, the recap page? Yeah. Well, no, literally the credits page. Beneath the credits page is an editor's note in this issue that says, this story takes place before the events of Robert E. Howard's The People of the Black Circle. <laughs> wow. Like, so they were like, okay, so no. Like, this but is... again, that could have been in the other ones. And I just straight up, seriously, though, you should have just like, get to the story. I want Conan. And That's this time, a good point. I don't know this. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So, anyway. Um, this one's called uh, Dark Cavern, Dark Crystal. Yeah. And um, it's definitely a different feel from the previous two um, writers. We had Jerry Duggan. Yep. And we had Jim Zub telling yeah. Conan stories. Now we have um, Alan Davis, who is a, um, or Roy Thomas, who has obviously been telling Conan stories for quite some time. Yep. Um, but this definitely has a different feel to it. It is a much more like old school kind of Conan feel to it. So if you've been enjoying like the Aaron stuff, I hope you dig this as well. Um, because it is a little different though. Yeah. Um, it definitely covers the like Conan is a, a sword for sale and he is a, <laughs> a, a thief. Um, we start off Conan is in like this like like makeshift arena where he's basically battling with somebody and people are around and we're all taking bets and you see that all happening throughout. Yeah. And it turns out it's all a big sham. Like Conan had a mark and he wanted to get, he knew this guy was rich. So like he's somebody in the audience um, who is there to basically convince that guy to bet against Conan. Sure. So Conan's like, kind of like, Oh no, like I tripped. Oh, I'm, I'm bad at this. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> like he just, you know, obviously like takes care of this guy. The dude's sure. like, Obviously, you cheated, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm not going to argue with I you because you're, you're a giant, Conan, horrible so monster. It's fine. Yeah. Um, when a woman and another man show up, and she's just like, "Ah, you're the guy I'm looking for," and like she had actually been recommended for the guy he killed. Oh. Like to hire him as like a bodyguard. Okay. And he's like, "Well, if you'd ask him maybe like yesterday, maybe things would be different for him." But as it is, like, what do you got? Right. Um, and uh, she basically tells the story of like how. Um, she's a noble person, but, um, she kind of gave all that up. She sold her title off to gain funds to go on this expedition into, um, the mountains to seek out her brother, who she assumes is dead, but may not be. He got, like, this treasure map. He went out after it, and he never came back. Okay. And Conan's like, and if you happen to find the treasure along the way, not so bad, right? I'll scoop it up she, for you, yeah. Well, no, but she's like, yeah. Right. And I'm a treasure hunter, and maybe I'll find my brother, too. Right. Or if there's a brother, I don't know. We never, <laughs> we don't find out, obviously, in this first issue. Mm. Um, but they, they trek on into the mountains. He hires her, and, um mentions the fact that like there's another reason he's here too he's talking to the other guy that she's hired and he mentions that his other like um like uh job basically okay his passion his hobby um is that he's a thief and the guy's like really Mm. and she and he's like he's like but listen i'm an honorable guy so like even though i am a thief i'm not going to steal the treasure from her a person who has hired me that's not how it works okay i'll just trick you into obviously giving me a cut of it (laughs) as conan always does yeah so they come across these like um folk who live in in the mountains these like sort of like hill folkian they're when i say hill folk i mean like literally they live in the hills right but that's it they um yeah not so much hills have eyes but no 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 i mean like literally that's just where they live 
And right. uh, they're very much like thieves and, and scoundrels and such, and not in the Han Solo in way. No, in the, like the like in the like Alibaba's you know, like forty thieves. Kind of like in the way of like you want to get through here, you better pay up. Mm-hmm. And like a whole bunch of them like swarm swarm around them, and like you know they realize that they're like, hang on, like let's just see where this goes. Conan calls the dude out, uh, Pakim, okay, who is in charge. And he's just like, yeah, no, this guy's fine, but, like, here's all my list of, like, criteria of why I'm a badass. And, like, maybe instead of just doing this, you guys should, like, rally up to the force that you could be and follow me instead. And the dude's like, what what, 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 what is this? Yeah. Back off. Like, so he challenges him. And, like, in their, like, law, like, that guy's got to rally and, like, fight Conan. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you took a look at him. Like, <laughs> Guns is not doing that. Yeah. So, he, like, he has a couple of dudes who are, like, with him. And, like, he, like, Pakim sends him against Conan. They, like, net him. Conan slashes through the net. They hit Conan in the head with a rock. Oh. And, like, the rest of the guys there are, like. Cheap. Dude, you know you have to fight him. Right. And they're like, no. Nah. And they're like, but you have to. And he kills one of those guys. And they're like, you killed him. What are you doing? And he's like, and I'll do worse to all of you. Yeah, because I don't want to fight Conan. I'll die. So, yeah, so now what we're going to do, I'm going to take this girl, because obviously she knows where the treasure is. Why else would you come in this mountain? Right. And she does. She saw the treasure map at one point. She burned it, and then she kept it. She oh. memorized it. And Conan's like, yeah, that's smart, until someone finds out about that, and they torture you for it. So, right. you know. Mm. Um, takes her and the other guy, and, and they, they, you know, go capture off. them, and off they go. They leave Conan with those dudes, and they're like, keep him here, tie him to a tree, nobody touch him, because, like, I'm going to flay his skin off of him. Sure. I will flay him alive. It's going to be great. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, like I said, has this really kind of old school feel to it. Uh, Conan has zero respect for like anybody in this book, mm. which to me I think is very like it is Conanian of them because like none of them prove themselves to be great warriors. I always find that to be the kind of common thread. Like if you're a warrior or you there's some cleverness about you, Conan has respect for you. Gotcha. No one has earned Conan's respect in this. No. So I'm interested to see where the rest of this story goes, and um, I'm I'm excited to experience some current Roy Thomas. Totally. Conan. Yeah. There you go. Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh so yeah uh i guess we could talk about oh so it's a recommendation uh yeah I'm there's also like it. a thing in the back like there's like a so shadow of vengeance story well, this is the this is part 12 of the novella that's been going on so if you like conan like books and you wanted more content the way to get it would be in the back of the conan issues they have an ongoing novella that you can read there's a few pages in the back of it Cool. Okay. I was just curious about that. I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read Absolute Carnage number four, which is the second to last issue of yeah. the series. Um, this is, of course, written by Donnie Cates with the art by Ryan Stegman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulk Venom. He doesn't really do much in this book, which is not to be expected. Um, right. But that being said, the story is basically just we're getting to the end uh, and... You know, it's like the the second to last chapter, mm-hmm. so everything has to get really dense, like dense and dark. Um, you know, Carnage uh, basically engages Venom Hulk, and he's thrilled about it. Yeah, and you're not sure why he's really excited about it. Meanwhile, Eddie decides to like hero up. He asks Peter to watch over the boys. That's mm-hmm. Normie and his son. Yep. Uh, who doesn't know that he's Eddie's his father? Yeah. Uh, and so he grabs Cap Shield and like a like a electricity gauntlet. Yep. Uh, from the old jury members, if you remember your old 90s Venom comics. And uh, so he goes up there and fights, like, the, the hordes of Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he more specifically engages with the uh, doppelganger-ified version of Miles Morales. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, this new 
version of Eddie Brock Venom has encountered in the past. Right, and I think he feels badly. He does, but because what Miles is a good guy and yeah, he yeah. knows him and stuff like There's that. There's actually a moment leading up to that point yeah. that I was like, I totally get leaving the last issue on the reveal of the Venom Hulk. Yes. I 100% get that. But since this is like kind of an Eddie Brock story as much as it is a Carnage story, the moment where he says that he's going to pretend to be a hero for 10 minutes, I was like, that's a really powerful moment. Agreed. And I was like, that's almost where the last issue should have ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that as well. Um, but again, I understand. But nobody be talking a, about that. There's a coolness about. factor to a, like, like wow. Actually, like, like emotionally satisfying moment. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. Like, you're trying to sell, you're selling books. Right. I get it. I get it. But, like, that moment, I was like, damn. Like, yeah. That's no. great. You actually have, like, respect for, for Brock. Yeah. If you haven't already earned it. Yeah. Uh, so the reveal, of course, is that... Uh, Maker was full of shit, as you could imagine. And <laughs> what? The, the coat, yeah, believe the it or not. Maker? The evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe is a liar. And the machine he built to extract codices from infected people who used to wear symbiotes at some point or another uh, actually don't destroy the codices, they actually store them. And so uh, they figure that out, and that that's that's a big reveal at the end well, of this issue. My mind is blown. That I he know lied. that he now, was full of crap. To be fair, I would have not thought that that's where this was going. So no. that was a surprise. It was so actually don't, a surprise. Don't take that away. No, I'm just saying, like, like no, oh, seriously, the maker, who do, the maker, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, basically, Carnage is excited because he's going to extract the Codex from Banner who has now had Venom and is going to take the symbiote away from Hulk, mm -hmm. who, of course, abandoned Brock to go for a stronger host. Yeah. Um, Good call. Yeah, nice job, symbiote, you idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Carnage is doing that while Brock is being inspired by watching the other, like, consciousness regained heroes engaging with carnage and the mm -hmm. and you know the bad guys and or the carnage hordes yeah and uh yeah so brock realizes that it's not going to work they're not going to succeed he busts open the codex collection jar thing yeah in a really kind of cool like, oh the I, whole sequence is actually this, really well executed the sequence is excellently ex executed but that part in particular is really great because like they're doing this echoing of like peter parker like standing against um, Norman, Norman Osborn, Osborn Carnage. Uh, Carnage with like similar motions to what Brock is doing like as though like Brock really has taken inspiration from Spider-Man we hear, we hear him say that earlier yeah. in like his thoughts and now we see him echoing it in his actions right. it's like that's kind of cool yeah so essentially uh, Brock accepts all these codices that have not only absorbed uh, well not they've absorbed like the characteristics or strengths of their original hosts mm -hmm. and so Brock basically takes their I don't know strength and inspiration and uh, you know brings it into his own and becomes this kind of like stronger kind of legion venom yeah. character and goes off after uh, Carnage who has of course taken on the yeah. venom symbiote and you know, so we're going to have a big old symbiote fight at the end. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it was, you know, if you had told me like, oh, it's going to be a big, silly symbiote slap fight, I'd be like, eh, pass. But the way it's written makes it really cool. Yeah. Um, and there's just, there, there there's some kind of depth in this book that I wasn't expecting. And I think, you know, with a lesser writer, it would have been cool looking and that's it. But with this, it's like, it's actually a character study 
uh, at the very least, char- the character is at the forefront mm-hmm. alongside the action. Yeah. Which makes it a pickup for me. Check it out. Absolute Carnage is, yeah. a co- is a cool series. <laughs> Not reading a lot of the tie-ins. I read the Amazing Spider-Man tie-in because I'm already reading Amazing Spider-Man, but out- outside of that, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dig it. Uh, jumping back into the Super Chats really quick. Oh, sure. Uh, infamous Cavalier says, In 2017, you guys made a video called Marvel's Biggest Mistakes of 2017. Any chance a DC one for this year? Also, I love this channel. Thank you very much, man. Um, I would love to make a video like that. I feel like DC's rearing up for the biggest mistake yet, and so I don't know if I want to make a video just now if they're going to make a huge one in, 20, in February. So I want to wait. Um, but it feels like it's just constant. Um, it's, it's also, I want to wait until D- uh, Doomsday Clock comes out, because supposedly it's coming out soon, like within the next three months. So again, you know, you, you can't. I don't want to talk too much about like all new, all different Marvel had already failed by the point by the time we did that video. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to necessarily talk about something that's happening as it's happening. Yeah, um, we could make a whole separate video just talking about Doomsday Clock and speculating about that. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to turn right, that right, into right. a video. Yeah, um, but I like the idea. Thank you so much. Jack O'Connell says the real question is is if Cyclops and Wolverine are sleeping together. All their bedrooms are connected. Love the channel. Thank you very much, Jack. Um, yeah, good question. We'll get to that uh, X-Men number one conversation in a minute. Uh, Saddle Thani says, hello, glad I got to catch the stream. We're glad to catch you, Hi. man. Thank you very much for joining us. And Cortland Ellis says, greetings. And greetings to you as well. Salutations to you too, man. Oh, you said salutations. That was way better. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, jumping back in, um, I read Justice League number 34 from Scott Snyder and James Tinian. The, or Tynan. Tynan. The fourth, uh, with art by um, Ray Redondo and uh, Howard Porter. Um, this is the, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know how many more issues are left of this arc. But uh, it's the, right, it's like, the doom thing. This is coming thing. to an end, right? Like he's leaving this book? Well, he's leaving uh, soon, but not like tomorrow, you right. know? Like he's got to wrap up this thing and he's working on some more s- stuff. Mm-hmm. But essentially, um... If I could say, you know how, like, I, I, if you if you know this channel, you know me, you know, I make a little, like, joke about how if you read a Scott Snyder book, you know there's going to be a big, long, boring history lesson that punctuates the overall story that's mm-hmm. happening in the present and that it somehow highlights or echoes the theme or the story and where it's going. Usually he telegraphs how it's going to end in the very beginning. Um, he has a new trope, and that trope is building up things so that it would have a satisfying conclusion and then artificially pulling the rug out from under it so that he can keep the story going a little longer. Mm. Uh, that is something that he's been doing a lot of lately, and it is no... There's there's no change in this issue. There's a really fun, huge, like, epic book here where the Justice League across time and the multiverse, I guess, have banded together thematically speaking not literally physically but like Mm -hmm. with all their different teams they got all their different pieces they're gonna bring them together they're gonna do the Care Bear stare even the Anti-Monitor who is now Mobius who has relinquished this Anti-Monitordom is on board we get this like these amazing splash pages that I've seen in Dark Knight's Metal and other Scott Snyder books that are like really cool objectively speaking but you know they have diminishing returns if you keep doing them Uh, all throughout this issue it's it Really tense, nail-biting, until you get to, like, the halfway point and you realize there's no way that they're going to win at the end of this. And then they don't, but, like, there's another couple of issues left, so 
how are they going to pull this off? And if I believed that there was going to be a really satisfying conclusion, I'd be like, wow, if this ending was, if this almost worked and it was almost the ending, how, can you imagine how they're going to really pull it together at the end? But fool me once, shame on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, eh. It's, okay. It's a, it was a really fun read. So if you're looking to just be on the ride and enjoy Justice League for what it is. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it because it is, it is very much a ride. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I it, like that image of Vandal Savage like pointing at us like I want you. Yeah. He's not he's not recruiting anybody. He is Yeah, <laughs> actually they want him to build a time machine. <laughs> but it, it's it's very fun. Okay. But I'm like come on. Like yeah. You know I get that you have this really cool story. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I get that you really want to stretch it out. Mm -hmm. But you're a storyteller. You'll have other stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. Tell this one and make it feel satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's just my frustration being too invested in the story. I'm like, no, it should have ended here. But, but then again, Dark Knight's Metal did the same thing. So anyway it's a pretty fun story again if you like the ride you're gonna like this issue if you if you're looking for a conclusion wait until the next one I guess or the next three uh, okay Grievous just jumps in and says just pop in and say hi been up to hi. since 6 a.m just got Ooh. off my first shift of my new job congratulations yeah. hope you guys are doing well we are uh, I'm gonna go to sleep forever <laughs> <laughs> or okay. at least until you have to go back That's to right. the job. <laughs> yeah, we get some rest. Maybe. Um, yeah, uh, what else you got? Okay, so let's head over um, and chat about uh, some Boom Studio titles. Ooh. Um, let's chat about Something is Killing the Children. Why not? This is a breakout surprise book. Uh, I know that at New York Comic Con it was certainly... It was everywhere. Everywhere. After one issue. Yeah, one issue. One this is, issue. What issue is this? This is issue two. Two. This is issue two. Um, I and and I, I I'm not gonna lie. As I was starting to read it, I was like, "What if it's not good?" No, no. Yeah, we've all. I'm all in on the first issue. Yeah. That's you know what? Not since witches have I seen that level of enthusiasm <laughs> from like collectively witches in saga, and yeah. I guess something's killing the children. Yeah. Which hey, very... what the hell, man? Like two syllables, not twenty. Yeah. No, no. Notice the theme here. No. But yeah, so. Um, it, it's great. Yay, good. It's great, the you end. You were worried. <laughs> it's great. No, it's really great. It develops a lot more of, of the um, the overall story, a little bit more into the characters. Obviously, uh, Erica Slaughter, um, who is the masked, yes. masked. Um, monster hunter. Blonde monster hunter that we met in the last uh, issue. Yeah. Um, we get a little more into her, but we're obviously not getting too, too much. We're going to be learning more about her as we go. Right. We do get a, like, crucial part of what is happening here in which we meet um, uh, a young man. Uh, I think his name's Tommy. I'm not sure. Um, who is his sister is missing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he works for the Apple Beans. And, um... <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, James. His name's James. Oh, okay. No, no, it is Tommy. Sorry. James is the kid. Tommy's the uh, older guy. Mm -hmm. um, and um, his mom wants him to go put out flyers and stuff like that. He's a manager there. Okay. But, like, she, he's, he's like, everyone's very uncomfortable with that. Like, we have to, we have to stop doing that for right now. Basically, right. he's like, look, I'm still holding out hope, but let's be honest. With everything that's been going on, um, Erica recounts to um, 
James, the young man from the other one who or from the last issue whose friends were all killed basically in front of him. Yeah. He couldn't remember. Right. Um or he could he remember but he like couldn't quite understand um like how to tell them about it. No, of course. Um and um they're kind of working together. So they go to the Apple Beans. She basically rents a booth and says like I'm going to be here. I'm going to pay you $50 a day in cash off the table. I will order food and drink, and I will tip, well, just leave me alone. Okay. And so, like, they roll out a map, and she shows the fact that there are not only his three friends, there are six other kids who have died in that area. And there's, like, a total of, like, I think, like, several other kids missing as right. well. So it's, like, it's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, essentially, um, it, like... We find out through Tommy early on in the issue, he hears something, like this noise, and he looks up, and he's like, hello? Is anyone there? And we see this horror standing in front of him. Right. I'm guessing adults can't see it. Oh, that's great. I'm like, that's cool. That's very, <laughs> like, Stephen King it. Mm-hmm. Like, the question of, can they see it? Are they ignoring it? Right. I'm guessing they can't see it. And Erica can. She's got them crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. She's got the crazy eyes going on there. <laughs> um... But um, that, that that like she's either part of it or whatever. She has a stuffed octopus that she talks to. We later on see something come out of it. Oh it's no! Like vaguely ghostly and/or alien. I'm okay, not cool, sure. cool. So there's something way more to this and to her than they're telling us. But like the story is tight. It is tight. Nice. So there you go. <laughs> something is killing the children. Um. I, it's a, a high recommend for me for the fact that it's a, an amazing story. It's told in a way. I'm not saying it's like that Hickman level of like intricacies. And no, like it doesn't have, not everything has to be. But that level of like the mystery, the, you know, like each issue you're like, okay, wait, we just learned a little bit more, but I have so many more questions by the end of it. Sure. Um, I legitimately cannot wait to like get a fuller understanding of the characters and the world that these, these individuals live in. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited cool. overall. And like the art is like it's cool. Yeah. Like it's it's a little off. Right. But, like, in but the, not broke. But I was gonna say in the right way. Yeah. It's off in that right way where it's like it's a little uncomfortable at times. Mm. So it's cool. I dig cool. it. I'm gonna share a little <laughs> bit of it just just for your yeah. Own no, please do. Um, yeah. Them crazy eyes. Yeah. Them them crazy eyes. <laughs> that thing's really creepy, and I look forward to Boom making a plush of it. <laughs> <laughs> I fully expect that to happen. Since I don't think it's here on the set, but you have the mask from that game. I or do. From that, from, that, from that comic. I do. I should have brought it. Why didn't I, I wear it? Just wear uh, it with me. Yeah. So um, I also want to mention this book because, like, everyone's been talking to me about it because I'm a big, like, I'm a big old school Elseworlds fan. You are. Um, based also on the name of our other podcast. But uh, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they made a book called Tales of the Dark Multiverse. And this first issue is Batman Nightfall. It's just, and, and, and here's the thing. It's not Elseworlds at all. What? It is what if. It is DC's what if. There is no, like. But isn't Elseworlds to some degree a what if? Straight up, no. No. Elseworlds is, like, this premise. Opens with the premise. It's a story, beginning, middle, and end. It's why Kingdom Come works as an Elseworlds story. Why Dark Knight Returns works See, as an Elseworlds story. All right. Like, why but Gotham I, by Gaslight works as an Elseworlds story. I would story. say, though, that like Gotham by Gaslight is like, what if Batman yeah. happened in a Victorian era? Yeah, sure, era? and that's how you pitch that idea. Here's how it's exactly like what if. <laughs> 
Uh, because okay. every because okay, so this issue is written by Scott Snyder with and Kyle Higgins with our okay. by Javier Fernandez. So it's like a mainstream comic, which is cool and smart. Okay. Um. So every what if opens <laughs> with the Watcher saying like oh, no. I guard a I guard all these different possibilities and all these different multiverses. Yeah, there's a Watcher who watches the dark multiverse. Of course, no DC Comics in 2019 is complete without a reference to the Batman Who Laughs, who is another character they refer to in this series. But tell me if you don't get Watcher vibes from this character named Tempest Fugonaut, who talks about how there's this crisis coming, which of course Scott Snyder's obviously going to be writing since he's leaving Justice League and has been teasing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a crisis coming, and Tempest is searching the dark multiverse for a hero who might be able to deliver them from the crisis. You know and who so that kind of looks like the Living Tribunal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't want it to look too much like the Watcher because we're already ripping off the Watcher. So let's make it look like the Living Tribunal. I mean, it's just getting those vibes. Oh, I know, big those, time. Like getting those Living Tribunal vibes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, so. The premise of the Tales from the Dark Multiverse is that Tempest is looking for a hero to save them from the crisis event that they're working on that's coming up that will usher in 5G. And it'll be the Gordon who guffaws. Probably. No! I, like, I'm, like, I'm done. With with all of the laughter. I'm done with the laughter. I know. Like, uh, anyway, but the premise is, <laughs> is useless and it's stupid. And it's just a framework to say, lol, we're ripping off this premise, but also, here is What If Nightfall. So, like, it's Nightfall. Same thing as before, Bane breaks Batman's back, Jean-Paul Valley uh, takes over as Batman, but also, eh, I didn't really read Nightfall recently, so anyway, what if, uh, if Jean-Paul killed Batman? Like, what if Batman gets better, he goes to fight Azrael, kind of like at the end of, Night of Night's End? But he, but he, but he kills Batman instead, or it looks like he kills him, because like you know he stabs him through the chest and then and then and then laughs at him. No, but it's okay. He he uh, he got better. He does not get better, but he does uh, <laughs> stay alive. Anyway, the premise is Jean Paul Valley takes over the mantle of Batman, and then thirty years later we cut to the story, and the story is that Jean Paul has essentially controlled Gotham. The world is in chaos, but Gotham's under control, and of course like being protected by Jean-Paul Valley Batman, who is still, 30 years later, operating as this, like, kind of St. Dumas-inspired Azrael Batman. Right. Where is all the Jean-Paul Valley coming from right? in the DC right yeah, now? Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, nostalgia, for I the guess, most part. I guess, but I'm like... Yeah, I know. You're By the way, if you're interested in uh, commemorating your love of John Paul Valley, there's a uh, action figure in the style of the animated series, which Just he never appeared saying. in. It's coming out soon. Um, and uh, if you watch back issues this week, I think we're doing the uh, the John Paul Valley Batman story. So there's a lot of John Paul happening. <laughs> anyway, the story is basically that like John Paul has been keeping Wayne in Wayne Tower as a kind of like robot skeleton guy. He looks like the new RoboCop. Yes, he does. Which is the only good scene in that movie. Uh, but yeah, the, basically the idea here is that like, Jean-Paul Valley has gotten control, but he doesn't have Bruce Wayne's admission that he failed. Why is his neck so long? Right? Why? Oh, so that he can like talk to him. It, it, it telescopes, his neck does. 
Oh, he's like a meerkat. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's really he's got all he's got your attention. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Penguin is working against Gotham. Asriel is like disappointed in him, so he goes to like kill him along goes, with his he acolytes. Goes to, he goes to tell him that I'm not angry at you. I'm just I'm, disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Also, blah, you're dead. Um, <laughs> anyway, the the story is that. You look at this universe where, like, Jean-Paul Valley's in charge. He has Robins, but they're not Robins. Obviously, they're acolytes, and there's he's got a couple of them. So he's got, like, his own bat family. Um, and the other Robins who didn't die, like, went to ground and caused, like, created a human resistance or a Gotham resistance. Mm-hmm. And uh, they coordinate their resistance and their attack, which is, of course, headed up by uh, the son of Bane, who we don't, you know, he's not from anything. He's a creative for this. And Talia al Ghul, uh, who are to, who work together to reclaim Gotham and free Batman. Except, of course, Batman is nothing but a torso. So they go collect his torso, and uh, and then basically they're like, "We can give you like nano bats that will make you whole again." And because we need to free you, if we free Gotham, we need to have you come out. Are because they bloodshotting him? They're bloodshotting him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Um, it's by just the way, on my mind right now. Bane's son has, like, genetic venom. Like, Bane used so much venom that it changed his whole genetic code so that when he had a son, that son could, like, call upon venom and become big. It's just a bunch of, like, fun, hey, look at these neat versions of characters that we could call upon in the future. You know? Sure. The, the, the design in this book is a lot of fun. The world building is really on point. The concept itself is, you know, something you'd imagine is kind of, like, tired, but is actually not a bad one at all. I really mm-hmm. like it. Um, Jean-Paul Valley is operating 35 years later or 30 years later because he himself is uh, desperate for – is he's connected to Venom. Right. right Sorry, right. yeah, it's actually Shiva, not Talia. And because Shiva – Lady Shiva uh, trained Batman – when he broke his back to like right. walk again, so she's back. I would have bought this. Talia. Because, I know, like, I know. It actually like, made more totally sense. Totally like, yeah, she's yeah, all yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, they go. I'm surprised it's not the Court of Owls. I know. I, I it, it could be really like it. it there could like be a the, number of reasons. Like the Court of Owls were like, hey, yeah, we. I, made... I'm not. I'm not feeling what you're doing here, Jean Paul. We've, yeah. we've made an error. I know. I know. I will say, like, I think that the for this to be a Elseworlds slash what if book, it's a strong one. Like, it's fun and mm. it's and it's indulgent and it plays with the convention, which is exactly what I want. I don't want it to be, you know, one to one, you know, a, a legitimate following of the path. If it really did do that, you know, if it was like, what if this really happened? Okay, I'm gonna talk to Chuck Dixon and we're gonna work together and Denny O'Neill and we're gonna figure it out. Like, no, no, he just wants to tell this story with a bunch of nonsense, uh, and that's just what this doctor ordered. Like, sure. Anyway, the whole thing is so <laughs> Batman oh, can become like a swarm of bats from his nano bats. Uh, he and for no reason except that bec- that that oh yeah, that's right. This is the dark multiverse. You know, like, the good prevails. They defeat Azrael Batman. And then our Batman, who's now, like, a nanobot monster, like, kills everybody and then, like, takes Gotham for himself. And, like, Tempest is like, I looked for heroes, but I'll find none here. You know, I also read Batman Red Rain and the ones that came after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because remember when Batman gets bitten by a vampire and becomes Mm -hmm. a vampire and then ends up killing everybody? Uh 
Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah. The art's really great. The, the, and like I said, like it's a lot of fun. I will say, uh, what's it called? Bane's son gets the drop on Asriel using his old 90s Asriel gauntlet. Um, you forgot the fact that it's only four fingers. It's a very, very nerdy detail, but it's it's you if you if you like Asriel looks like a hockey glove right 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 right. five fingers means you don't care you're not paying attention uh anyway so you know bat it's so it's a it's a sad ending or it's a bad ending or whatever you know it's it's really neat and fun and it like because it's written by kyle higgins and scott snyder like it's so competently executed yeah that like even though it's playing with all the terrible ideas that come out of a like what if comic uh, or the the, the, the one-dimensional concepts that come from an Elseworlds comic, it's the, a marriage of those, but still doesn't wind up being pedantic. It's just kind of like, what? Okay. That That's what it turns into. Um, the next issue is Death of Superman, and they're going to keep doing it, where it's like, we're going to take these tentpole major like, is events. Is Snyder writing all of them? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. It's other people. Okay. Uh, but it's a lot of, it, it, it's fun. I kind of, I, I, I enjoyed it while I was reading it, until it got to the ending where I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, you forgot what premise this is, and then they changed the ending. Right, um, okay. But yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I would not have picked it up personally. I definitely would have, <laughs> uh, but it's, But that's me. Know, but I it's would... like, meh. You know, it, it's not fantastic. Okay. Uh, Comics Miss Explained says, thanks for taking the time out of your day to hang with me yesterday. It was so oh. awesome meeting you both. Thanks a lot, man. It was great seeing you. Yeah. Can we do it again sometime? Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> you know, next time you're in town. Uh, Super Mr. Supertastic says, the vision back issues was interesting. I think it's the first time I saw you geeking out so clearly and sound super excited. With New Frontier, their prestige books are much darker than I... Uh, these prestige books are much more dark than I imagined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched Vision, check it out. It's a really good episode. Yes. Um, Just Ray Day says, love you guys. Just showing some support. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Price 8040, is it me or Snyder's Batman not interesting anymore? Also, which is better pair, Scott and Jean or Scott and Emma? Um, no, it's not just you and Scott and Emma. I also see Scott and Emma. Like, yeah. There is something to be said about Scott and Jean. There's something classic about it, but very there's something classic. also really one-dimensional and boring about it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just there's something interesting about the Scott and Emma thing. They've been they had been together for like almost twenty years in the comics, and they never really went anywhere with it. Mm. Besides, like everywhere, or they went everywhere with it, and they've explored every option. Like they had time babies, they've had regular babies, like they've had clones. No, <laughs> like you've done it all. Do you have time babies. There's no going back. And Moon Knight 32 says, just want to send some money to my favorite YouTube channel. And thank you for the amazing content. Thank you very much, man. Thank Keep you. up the great thank work. You, thank you. Thank you so much for being so supportive. We really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's only one more there's book. There's only one more book before the next. Yeah, in the way of this X of title. Of X-Men 1. And that's Once in Future. Also by Boom Studios, by Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Yep. Um, damn, this book is good. Yeah. This book is so good and so much fun and just seriously like if you're just looking for like a clever action movie that's like british <laughs> <laughs> um 
go check this out. It's just such a good book. It's such a good looking book. Um, I love Dan Moore's art in Klaus. I love Dan Moore's art even more in this. Definitely. He is better here, in my opinion. Wow. Well, I mean, it was, it was a while ago. It was a so while ago. He's just gotten um, better. He's just, you can just see how much fun that everybody's having in this book. You can feel the positive energy from it. Um, I love the characters in this book. I love where the story is going. Yeah. I mean, literally, I, something is killing children. Monster hunting blonde girl dealing with creepy stuff in the woods and other crazy stuff. This is monster hunting grandma dealing with Arthurian lore. Right. And she is just like, she's, she has her sassy pants on every day and has <laughs> probably had them on for her entire life. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to be her. <laughs> uh, or I want to at least have my grandmother be her as well. That'd be fine. Um, the, our, our duo, you know. Yeah, uh, grandson, grandma, yeah. Um, managed to get away from Arthur and his knights. Mm -hmm. um, the recently resurrected Arthur and his knights. Yes. Um, he opens fire, obviously. Right. And like, she's like, nicely done. Like, I'm actually kind of impressed. You didn't do that whole, like, safety on thing. Like, yeah. Uh, they start to run away. She falls behind a little bit. He goes back to get her. Right. She's like, she's like oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> she throws a bomb at them. Um, triggering it, it's got all sorts of crazy stuff in it, like garlic and you know sulfur and all this stuff in there that might deal with monsters. She's like, it'll slow them down, but we gotta we gotta find a historian. Let's go. Yeah. Because um, the historian she used to work with has long passed, and uh, so they need a new one. He's just like, I actually know one. I was on a date with this girl. Yeah. And she, this historian, she's like, perfect. They go to her house. The woman opens the door. She's like, uh, hey. Oh jeez. Grandma immediately like pulls out her gun. And she's like, what? And like, grandson's like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey this, this is cool. It's just my grandma. It's it's cool. No, it's just, she probably won't shoot you. Right. I mean, okay, she shot me, but like, we're family. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so I don't think cool. she's going to shoot you because that wouldn't be very polite. <laughs> um, they go to these archives where uh, they find a, a box. Inside the box is another box. And in that box is the information that it's they need. It's a cricket. Need. It's a cricket. Um, and they smash it with a hammer. Um, there's a note in there that says like, like whoever you are, if you're reading this, Trust the person who brought you here. Trust them implicitly. They know what's going on. You have to help them. It's that right. kind of thing. And she was like, okay, I'm in. Um, this woman is very knowledgeable. She actually knows a lot about lore. She knows a lot about myth and stuff like that. It works out well. Um, Gran likes her. She digs her. Yeah. Um, they end up going to the the baths, uh, Bath Abbey. Okay. Where um, it's revealed that um, King, let's see, who is this here? I don't know. One of, one of somebody who I don't remember, obviously, and, and is not, you know, uh, King Edgar oh. uh, was crowned king, was coronated there and not, you know, where they normally would. And so, like, it has power, it has meaning. It, like, those the places where kings were coronated have power and are connected. That's such an English concept. Right? That's so cool. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. So they go there. There's always like crazy ghosts flying around, and it's just such a beautiful. And who doesn't page. like crazy ghosts? Yeah, I love crazy actually, ghosts. Yeah. But like the page itself is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, the girl they brought along immediately freaks out. She's just like, "It's all real." Oh no, ghosts! Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you got you got to warn you. Get you, you can't like, just throw someone in the in the ghost end of the pool. Well, Grant Grant's been dealing with this forever. She's just like, just accept it. Whatever. Everybody, get over it. Right. Do you acting like Duncan here? She's like, it's not that they're real. It's that it's true. Right. That's the difference. Yes. Yeah. Young lady. <laughs> So the girl's like, okay, what, what do I do? What, what, what How do I help out? And yeah. Gran's like, you just keep this candle lit. 
just okay. stay here and keep this candle light. She's oh, like, how, I know is that, that's gonna happen. how is that helping anything? And she asks her if she knows the, the, the story of Theseus in the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And, like, Duncan's like, no. And I, I was don't. like, yeah. And um, she, there's, a, there's a, an amazing set of panels as well. Like, again, Dan Moore is just having a blast with these with these panels where it's Grand pointing at Duncan mm-hmm. and just saying, like, Theseus. And then the next panel, oh, you skipped it, um, is Grand pointing at the girl. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just really Oh, yeah, yeah, I like the perspective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Of pointing at her being, like, the string. Yes. And that the idea is that, like, you know, Theseus had a, a string yeah. to the labyrinth, and that's what this girl is. She's the tether, essentially. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. So, like, as they're going in, the girl's like, who's the minotaur in this? And she's just like, be careful with that. Like, people who adhere to stories too <laughs> it, don't, closely. Don't skip ahead, honey. Yeah. Like, well, it's got, like also, like, that's that's where the real danger is. Yeah. And so, like, they go in. They, they, they kind of, like, travel, like, realms there. Open the door. They see Arthur. And his lot, having found a sword, mm-hmm. and immediately Duncan's like, Excalibur. "Oh, it's Excalibur!" She's like, "Which Shut is up. the second time he's called a sword Excalibur." She's yes, like, you gotta stop. With, stop jumping to conclusions. It's a sword and a stone. I jumped to the same conclusion. Well, she's like, "Yeah, but Excalibur is owned by the Lady of the Lake." First not, of all, yeah. so you're wrong. So it's not in a lake. <laughs> Which I was like, "No, that's not Excalibur." Yeah. And then she mentions the fact that this Arthur appears to be Welsh, or mostly Welsh. And I'm right, like, this yeah, because Arthur. he wouldn't accept Saxton blood. Well, yeah, but I'm also saying this Arthur. I was like, that's interesting. Oh, okay. And so, like, you know, he, like, she's like, just stick with this. It's the sword and the stone. She, she calls it a name. She's like, it could be this sword. It might be this sword. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of magic swords out there. This is not Excalibur either. Right. Um, he draws it. He gets, like, extra cool looking. <laughs> and then that chick... Um, yeah, who was working the, with him. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name again? I, I was I want to call her Missy, but that's just because that's what she refers to her when she's like <laughs> she's like that. She's the one. No, Elaine. Calls her. Elaine, Elaine yeah. is there, and uh, she brings forth Galahad. Oh. I was like, oh, Galahad's actually alive. I thought he was dead. Nope. There's this young man, like in full armor. Mm-hmm. Grant's like, oh, how much did that cost you? Like she's whispering all this stuff. She's just yeah. And she's just like, all right, well, we got to stop Galahad because Galahad's the one that finds the grail and like, we can't have that happening. Yeah. Because basically they'll merge the two worlds <laughs> and like, that's bad. So Grant's like, I have a solution. She's like, I need you to kneel down. I was like, is she going to like knight him? What's happening? Like what? She goes into a bag. Right. She pulls out a sniper rifle. Oh. She puts it on Duncan's shoulder what? and is like, don't move. What? Grandma, no! <laughs> <laughs> she's taking her shot. She's going to take down Galahad. So oh we'll see God. what happens in the next How much issue. of Western civilization has been dictated by this lady? I don't know, and I don't care. I love her to death. Um, I assume at some point, if we're following, like, you know, the standard hero's journey, yeah. the Campbellian journey, that she has to die. She will die, but I'm hoping we're not. <laughs> yeah. Because I love her so much. Yeah. Um, this book is just such a fun read. It's one of those books that you just have a good time with. It's fun to look at. It's, it's a, a treat to read the dialogue on. Um, Gillen himself said that like, she grand's one of those folk where it's just easy to write for. Like she just like these things happen. He's like, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yep. There she is. Right. She's got great one liners. Yeah. Nice. So check it out. Um, the, the book is called, uh, once and future by boom studios. It's on its third issue. I, it's, I highly recommend. Yeah, go, go back. back. Grab them. It's nice. on like, issue one is like on like sixth, seventh printing, something oh like that of this book. Yeah. Um, so a lot of folk are digging it. So check it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Silvery Cricket says, something fairly interesting about the Scott and Emma relationship with Emma's complete devotion and the eagerness Scott will drop Emma for Jean. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I that's that was always tragic. I like that. Well, I li- well that's why I like. It's you like being it's dead. tragic, but it's also like here's the thing. Any relationship, like not any relationship, the the Gene and, and Scott relationship, it's kind of unhealthy to some degree. Yeah. The Emma and Scott relationship, that's also kind of unhealthy. Because right. what if what that's saying is that, like, Emma, Emma's devotion to him has to do with the fact that she knows that. Yeah, she knows that he will eventually leave because right. she knows or that, that Gene like, will eventually come back to life. there's something attractive to the man she can't truly have. Right. And I'm like, is that healthy? No. I don't know. Uh, ben Bastion says, hey, Sal, I have no clue how good uh, City of Bane is. Do you? Also, how's Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Also, how guy, how you hope you guys are having an awesome day. Thank you, Ben. Uh, we are having an awesome day. Yeah. Uh, City of Bane is uh, whatever. You know, I'm reading it. I'm not reviewing it on the channel because I don't like Tom King's Batman, so I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste your time. You know what I'm going to say. Uh, I will say that uh, Ramita Jr.'s first issue on the story was better than the second issue on the story um it, it's just decompression like all this stuff could have happened in the span of like four issues mm. and it's not like the entire run i'm just saying like certainly bane uh but yeah and jane samba reboot has a lot of heart and yeah. uh it, and he's he has something to say uh but um he, you know he's saying it without as much finesse as he had i agree and i think it needed um some more uh, some different editing yeah another pass editing choices maybe adding some scenes back in that were that's the thing the credits unfortunately yeah in the credits there are a bunch of deleted scenes not just outtakes but actual deleted scenes or 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 alternate takes yeah takes and those enhanced the movie it really did um but like you said there was actually some part to it and like i went into this not crazy excited for being perfectly honest sure um and so maybe that helped too but i i, I had a good time yeah uh it was fine. right it was fun <laughs> uh it was better you know it was better than it's, the last one home, yeah. uh mark um brewing brewington says just wanted to support y'all hello thank you so Thanks, much mark. Uh, Mr. Supertastic, I, know, I like how grandma can't run and grandson has to carry her <laughs> yes like the nods to mythology this time they leaned a bit hard. I'm scared of grandma dying. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And like honestly, um, what I say about Once in Future, um, it, it, the story of the Arthurian lore and the lore surrounding that time period is very important to Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get a lot of that in here, but he does try to uh, like make it so that it's approachable for those of us who have a cursory knowledge of it, which I yeah. think is helpful. Um, we're kind of falling in the Duncan role as opposed to Grand's role, which yeah. is like she knows quite a bit about it and the inside information on it. Um, but there's also something a little meta about this one because Grand mentions that, like, because when, when he, uh, when Duncan brings up the fact that he was on a date with a historian, yeah. he's like, isn't that coincidental or like, isn't that convenient? She's like, no, it is not. No, she goes, she's like, ah, the story has you. And like, that, like, early on, remember, she mentioned that he was on an adventure. That's why the, the, the beast came for him. Like, yeah. it was a call to action in a sense. And so, like, there's something meta about this as well that, like, Grand accepts the fact that they are part of a story, a part right. of the, these tales, mm-hmm. if you will, like you would find in Arthurian lore. So. That's nice. Uh, Cash Money in the Bank says, Did either of you catch The Batman's Grave? I really dug it, holding forward to the rest. I think we talked about it in the last episode. Yes, you did. Yeah. You did. Uh, it's good. It's well executed. I'm not a big Brian uh, Hitch fan. You mentioned that. I so, didn't have as much of an issue with it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Silver Cricket says, I would like to see what a what if where Scott dumps everything for Gene after having a child with Emma. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, there's definitely like a lot of... I'd like to see a what if where Scott's like, both of y'all... Yeah, forget Which it. I'm sure has happened. I'm going for Dazzler. Dazzler would be like, really? Okay. Yeah, why not? Cool, thanks. 
Uh, X-Men number one. Here we go. Hickman and Lionel U. Uh, I've heard it said. Uh, oh, is it really? I, I watched Marvel do an interview and, or, a, or a thing, and they, okay. t- they said Lionel. Okay. Um, no, Lenil. Lenil. I say Lionel. It's Lenil. Lenil. Lenil U. Uh, this, is the fir- this is the beginning of the Dawn of X. It's like after all the hoxes and poxes, here it is. We're here. It's the first adventure of the X-Men, and it is like in linear fashion, kind of. It opens up uh, with uh, Scott giving getting his ruby quartz glasses from professor x mm-hmm. and we cut to the to the present and it's the x-men doing their thing actually going on like you know they're on an adventure, an adventure. Like, and they're going to do with orcas which i appreciate because it they set have, that up and then they, we kind of ab- abandon it well not just that but like they're treating it like the star wars extended universe where it's like yeah you defeated this one branch of everything but like it still exists right we didn't well hickman's like i didn't just spend all that time coming up with orcas for it to fall into the into yeah, the sun like there's no way they would have had one facility with no. everyone on it exactly but uh there's a rec- there's a rescue mission above mm-hmm. all else they go to orcas there we we reveal a new villain for the x-men he's kind of like a i don't know like a magneto uh super what he is um i'm not even sure if he's a the secret head to it i think he's just yes they did but now there's another one uh <laughs> I guess. I guess. I'm not sure. That I'd have to go back and, and see what they called the other thing. Yeah. Because maybe it wasn't that. Right. But uh, so they, they're going there, not um, a like de-evolutionizer, which like Jesus Christ, Hickman, I get your message and your metaphors here. You want to talk about like, you know, X-Men, be, mutants being the next stage in evolution. Uh-huh. And then humanity de-evolves to fight them. Like, yeah, yeah I get it. But uh, the, a bunch of... Apes attack them. That's it, the scientists who have changed themselves. I saw this this panel, panel or out this of context. Page, yeah, and like I was like, I can't wait to read this book. No, be careful. Just... <laughs> They're sure to be savvy. All these apes have PhDs, which I guess is like Scott making fun in of them. bananas. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing was, of course, like uh, when Magneto joins the fray. He comes upon them like onto a prophet. Yeah. And he is just complete. Of well, course no, he's not, on board. When like, he joins the fray, it's like, it's when. Um, it's when they crack open the thing. Like. Yeah, when they when they get past. No, it's when they first show up. Oh, is up. it here? I yeah. thought it was later on when I they know, find but it's all not. The, it, the mutants. Yeah, well, no. The, the friends of whatever. They, they find people, but like they don't find the people they're looking for. Right. Um, but anyway, Magneto shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm in charge. Like, I am clearly going to be a problem mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. for this book. Yeah. Uh, also, Polaris is the only is the only child of Magneto now. They're still saying that, like, Scott, or that uh, Wanda and Pietro are bullshit. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, they go and they open up these, these crates and they find uh, characters who actually appeared during, or were created during, I think, the Charles Soule run of X-Men. Um, so, that's kind of neat. Including her? <laughs> yes. Who is also, well, as I understand it, though, uh, she got a redesign. Yeah, she looks like, And uh... so she, oh, so she looks like somebody else. Uh, I'm gonna pull her up, and then you can, yeah. you can make your observation. I will! I will. Uh, she looks like Crow from East of West. Straight up, it's just Crow from East of West. I mean, she's missing the face paint, but yeah, and like I love that design. I think Crow is one of the like most like striking character designs I've seen in a long yeah. while. It's just 
something about that like stark contrast of course between like the the black and white imagery yes fantastic especially against such a colorful mm-hmm. universe cool Very yeah cool. um this is actually apropos because we talked about how um this issue like all the other hickman books written specifically by hickman yeah. have a lot of like uh graphic information and <laughs> extra stuff new stuff you didn't know about yeah um tiffany you were looking through your old back issues and you found something interesting i think yeah and I'm, and I'm sure everybody has already picked up on this too it was just funny because literally it was right before new york comic-con uh we were looking for some issues to bring with us to get signatures and such and i grabbed a bunch of stuff and i was like oh my gosh that's right i never had the chance to finish reading another hickman book called Black Monday Murders. Yes. I cracked it open just to kind of refresh myself and what was I greeted by but a bunch of really stunningly designed graphic pages that had their own like demonology symbols that went along with it and I was like oh and I it, mean like I guess that's just kind of a Hickmanism it is identical <laughs> it's not identical it, the, the, the mutant language the Cohen language looks just like the it's lettering it's similar it's similar um, but, but I just thought that was interesting look up the Black Monday Murders um, and you decide for yourself but, hey, I guess the dude likes his conventions. He likes his, and he likes his design, and I'm down. I'm down! No, it's true. And it it, it, it serves a function. It's useful. It, 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 by the way, this is not the first time in a mainstream Marvel comic he did it either. It's just that, you know, it's, yeah. it's really important and essential to this right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the X-Men rescue these kids, and they bring them to Krakoa, and we get to see Krakoa in action. Uh, more Ob- um, for some reason, OBS just keeps crapping out on us. And the part where everybody's trying to watch. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, just refresh the feed if you're having an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so. We also get some interesting conversation with uh, Storm and Cyclops. Where yeah. It's like Storm's tired. Um, right. Yeah, she mentions that she's like. Yeah, she's kind of tired. But she also doesn't want to stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, and, and I really thought that, like. That's also, like, where we see Magneto when they get back to Krakoa. Oh, like, and he's like, hey! Because everyone's chanting for Magneto, like, tell us how you, like, defeated them and tell us how you saved everybody, like, do it. Yeah. And they're all like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Magneto's gonna be a problem. Yeah, and, like, Magneto actually wants to, like, follow the, the girl who, like, has, like, tachyon whatever. And they're like, that's not what we're here for. No. And, like, literally Scott calls on the fact of, like, the government of Krakoa and, like, how it's, like, that's not what we're sent here for. And if you'd like to do that, you have to bring that up basically at the next, like, club meeting. Right, yeah, naturally. <laughs> um, we go back and meet up with uh, with Orcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find out, you know, that, they, that their leader also wears a helmet that obscures their face. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, when they're when they're doing their job, when they're really like working on it, they're wearing a wearing a face obscuring helmet that only covers up the top Maybe half of their head. He's co- he's wearing just some really like dope sunglasses. Yeah, but they hammer him. Ha- <laughs> he actually was wearing pretty dope shades, but like, um, they hammer home the whole theme of like this is where we're going with this. Like humanity will abandon evolution in favor of like technology, and we're gonna you know. But we saw the future. We know where it's going. Yeah. But, all right. Um, but then we... But we also know that this timeline is supposed to be the one that avoids that. Yeah. And that's, like, teeing us up to, like, something that happens right at the end of this issue. Right, exactly. So, like, I get it. I get why he's bringing that up, because he's like, what if you didn't read those? Yeah, no, it's what true. What if you didn't read Pox? Right. Uh, so we find out that Cyclops picked, uh, the blue area on the moon. Yeah, he's on the moon. Uh, and that's where he wants to stay in Krakoa. Uh, yeah, that's where his house is. And his house is full of summers. We got... 
Vulcan, the third Summers Brotherhood that, you know, was never supposed to be Vulcan. Um, we have Young Cable. We've got Gene. Uh, Alex. Alex. Uh, and, and and the Star Jammers. Dad's coming to visit. Yeah, he's coming to visit. Uh, you know, Rachel Summers, I think, is there as yep. well. And uh, talks to Hepzibah. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they have dinner. Uh, things are going well. Corsair is, like, uneasy and uncomfortable because he's a human being. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, he, he... I'm your space dad, and I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> but, like, all this us and them kind of shit, I'm them. Yeah. You know, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're all smiles right now. But he's also, like, weirded out by the house, too. Like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, because, like, it's, well, it's my turn to, you know, you wash, I dry. No, no, no. The house, like, uh, excretes this goo. And it was, you know, well, it made, when it first tried to make us, it made us plates that, it, you know, it ate the thing and they all, did, no. No. The goo is, this, a, is this a compromise. Like, this, is, this is the better choice here, everybody. Yeah. Uh, but we find out, like, that Dr. Gregor might actually not be as dead as we all thought from the previous. The guy, no, no, no. It's the, her husband. Her husband, like, yeah. the tactician. Right. Like, that he. Who blew up, who blew well, himself I'm up. Well, I'm like, is that Nimrod? Are they going, are they hinting at this that is That Nimrod like... is going to be, like, his consciousness or something? Well, anyway, the point is that, like, uh, the doctor who is in charge of Orcus' right. husband sacrificed himself to kill the X-Men, or yeah. at least to stop them. Yep. And, and he, well, we, he did kill them. Well, no, when we saw that <laughs> uh, in the previous story. Um, but she was distraught, and now it turns out she like after doing some nebulous science fictiony looking stuff. Yeah, you know we don't have the whole thing. Um, she says she me- she mentions the thing to Killian, the guy with the with the headgear, mm-hmm. that um, she has figured out a way to bring her husband back from the dead. Right, and she wields this crystal or it, gem, right, or which is pink which- stone. Which is why I go there, but like then again, like it could just be a choice of color. It could have nothing to do with anything. Right. It could be Nimrod. It could be as Infinity Stone. It could be. Uh, well, I thought anything. Nimrod because he is that white pink combo. Combo, yeah, absolutely. So I wasn't sure that's what they were trying to well, get. Well, and she to. is white. Like she wears white as well. So we're definitely trying to evoke that, that, I, that yeah. imagery. Who knows? But like, but, I think know. more importantly, let's go back to my favorite graphic. Oh yes, yes. In well, that that would be the, the 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 layout of the Summers House. Yeah. Well, because it's funny, I I read this today, um, mm-hmm. and I got to the Summers House, and I was like, "That's cool. That's neat. That's fun." And then I'm like reading through all the rooms and stuff like that. I'm like, "Okay, that's the living area. That's the kitchen. Neat. Whatever." Yeah. yeah. My brain just went Wolverine. Why does Wolverine have a room? Well, and there? that's that's, that's what... where it all started. Yeah. And I was like, "Huh?" And I looked at the rooms around him, and I was like, "Wait, Scott and Jean's rooms are there." And then I looked at the map, and I'm like. Wait, Wait and they're all connected for some reason. Yeah, but, all these but rooms the other are separate. Rooms aren't. All the rooms here are separate. <laughs> then whose rooms here in twelve? That's Gene's room. It's Gene. Gene separates Scott and Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine's room is here. Scott's room is here. They're all connected. Why? What's going on? Maybe that beer isn't just a beer, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. Scott and and Gene and Wolverine are like together, or maybe at the very least they're sharing Gene. Who knows? I don't know. All I do know is, <laughs> I, all I do know is Hickman has said on Twitter that a get a, a, a collection of crows is called a murder. A collection of mutants is called an orgy. <laughs> there you go. According to him. There you go. But yeah, I got to make my fun little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, what the hell? What is that? What are you doing? And of course, with, with 
you know, with uh, with it's like what? And here's the thing: as like an old school X Men fan, I never really like got the whole Gene Wolverine thing. Like for me, I always knew that like Wolverine liked Gene, but I didn't really get the impression that Gene was really interested in Wolverine. But then I was thinking about this: who'd they invoke when they were talking about? In the previous issue, they talked about how, like, the Phalanx only fears a couple things. Mm-hmm. Galactus, who's more of an Avengers-level threat, and the Phoenix. Yeah. What if this ain't Gene? Uh, what if... The Phoenix loves all. No, I, w- w- <laughs> and Phoenix is more... should pick Wolverine. And, uh... Maybe this is, like, this is, like, part of the plan. They're, like... His body in a cocoon underwater, and it was found by Namor... We also reference that Namor is involved with the X-Men and we're teasing his role mm-hmm. and he doesn't play a direct role with us right now. Also, Jean is maybe sleeping with Wolverine based on the connection of their rooms. But if but, Wolverine in, and Jean are together, maybe that means that like Jean isn't really Jean and well, Jean is Phoenix or at the very least entertaining Phoenix. Yeah, and I guess like, because it's interesting because like, Cyclops is talking about being a dad and you got the kids there, but it's like Jean and Scott have separate rooms. Yeah. And I'm like, so we're not... Right, they're not together. They're not together. together. They're like, well, and, and oh, we're all one big family. Well, and for some reason, Wolverine's And here. Wolverine, too. Who and wanted his steak rare, and that's just not happening. Mm, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. I mean, listen, I'm, I, I, I sympathize, Wolverine. I completely agree with you. Vulcan's a toolbox. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe it might not even be Gene. I'm thinking maybe it's Phoenix. And that the only one who knows that is, like, Phoenix and Moira. Mm. But, you know... Who knows? Maybe I'm, that's why Wolverine was so happy when we first saw. Him. Well, we know that's why because, like, because <laughs> according to me on back issues, Wolverine's never gotten to sleep with with Gene ever. Right? He's like, yeah, he's like, all right, this so, is all new, all different Wolverine. It's true. Yeah, which means, which is essentially like all new, all different Marvel, which is it's all the same thing. You remember, except but, happy, but a little, I guess. But a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, uh, so. With that, we're going to wrap things up by recommending some books that come out this week that we think you should pick up. Um, the stream is being a little weird, so I'm going to try and wrap up really quickly. Yes. Um, th- if you like Zero Hour or you remember Zero Hour, it's 25 years old, and there's an anniversary omnibus hardcover coming out, which includes not only all the Zero Hour Crisis in Time books, but also includes uh, Steel, Outsiders, Detective Comics, Batman, Superman, Man of Steel, uh and, and all the rest of them. Valor, uh, Catwoman, Damage, Dark Stars, you name it. It's all in there. Uh, it's about 150 bucks if you want to get the whole thing. If you like omnibuses, uh, it's not a bad omnibus to find. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, Batman Superman number three from Josh Williamson and David Marquez is out. Uh, this is my this is part three of Who Are the Secret Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how this book goes. I, I'm kind of on the fence on it. This will be the right. tipping point for me. Um Curse of the White Knight number four comes out. Mm-hmm. Four of eight. It's halfway done. Feels like it's like almost done. So that's not a good sign. I don't know. I love this book and I right. really enjoy it. But it feels like it should be wrapping up. I'm worried about it feeling too long. Mm-hmm. Um, before I move on, I want to jump into some super chat just to just to, no, that's fine because I want everybody to still be here while we're while we're talking. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Vernon Harris says, I like how almost every alternate timeline Scott goes for Storm, so in my own head canon, both Jean and Emma look at her as a threat. Oh, I like that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Super Mac Hickman loves helmets and making up symbols. Exact stuff in East to West, too. Yeah. Thoughts on the Watchmen show? Haven't watched it. Um, 
I don't really, uh, yeah, I haven't watched the watch. I would like to see it. I know you're not like as into it, but no, like, but, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I want to check it you out. Even with it's on demand, you can watch it anytime. Uh, Cash Money in the Bank, one for the road. Thank you very much, oh, Cash Money. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, what else you got? Um, so my recommends for this coming week are going to be uh, uh, Valkyrie Jane Foster, number four yeah. is coming out. We just wrapped up the Heimdall story, so we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Thor, number two. Um, this is the end of, like, Aaron's King Thor story. Wow, really? Yeah, no, we're, we're coming to the end of it. No shit. You know, I think it's two of four. Okay. So, you know, we're going to be halfway through after this point. Um, you know, it all comes down to Thor versus Loki. Yeah. As you could imagine. I like that. You know, again, that's very, like, mythological. Right. You know, the siblings fighting one another. Godly siblings. Well, Aaron's good on that. Yeah. Exactly. And I got to give a shout out also to Justice League Dark number 16. Nice. Um... Guys, hang on to Justice League Dark for as long as you can because, you know, let's be honest, James Tynan, 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 is going to be off to write Batman uh, forever or as long as he's going to be and writing Probably until for... at least issue 100. Right. Um, What? Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, because then they're going to reboot everything. Oh, okay. Um, Really? Yep. Okay. Um, No, but I'm just saying, like, we don't know... We don't... There's no official if, word. There's no official word either way, but a lot of people have been, like, you know, questioning and, like, you know, trying to hypothesize whether or not he's going to be able to keep up Justice League Dark as well as writing Batman. Yeah. Um. So just hang on to it, treasure it, enjoy it. Right. Because it's one of my favorite Justice League books. It's my favorite Justice League book. Yeah. I know there's also Odyssey, and other people also dig Justice League as it is, but Dark is my Justice League book, and yeah. I've been loving it, so... There you go, guys. There you go. Uh, we got some more <laughs> recommendations, by the way. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Full Circle mm-hmm. is coming out. It's a mini, I guess. It's coming out from uh, Nick Spencer, Chris Bocciolo, and Rod Rice. Um, oh. Or Reese. Uh, I don't know anything about this. I just heard about it recently, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'll check that out. Yeah. Seems neat. And it will be in continuity because Spencer's writing it. So it's not going to be, like, ignored or forgotten. That's cool. Um. Marauders number one is coming out. Yeah, this is the next series from the of uh, the X Men rollout. That cover's so ridiculous. It's but I so love fun. It. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Kitty's wearing a red thing, like a red kind of like kerchief. Could indicate maybe she's the Red Queen yeah. of the Hellfire Club. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll find out in the preview. But, but read Marauders number one. It's mm-hmm. from Jerry Duggan. I know. That's so, cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. The preview's out right now. You can actually read it any like read the first couple issues or pages. Pages. <laughs> and finally, my biggest recommendation: this book, uh, Spider-Man Life Story, is coming out in trade paperback. You have to buy it and read it. Yeah. If you like, if, if you're if you're a Chip Zdarsky fan, it's a much it's a must have. If you're not sure uh, and you're just a Spider-Man fan, it's a must have. You got to read it. Yeah, but, absolutely. And honestly, like I know some folks were trade waiting. Now's your chance. Yeah. Now go get it. <laughs> go grab uh, it. Enjoy prove the that you want this because it's so great. Yeah. Uh, life story is amazing, and I'm gonna go buy it on Wednesday, and we'll do it on back issues as soon as we can because I love that book and yeah. I can't wait to talk about it yeah. but uh, yeah we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and watching this show if you want to help us out you can always subscribe to this channel like this video comment below and uh, join us over here on Comic Bob we really like appreciated you joining us thank you so much for our super chatters yes. for sponsoring today's episode and uh, we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode hey I'm going to be doing a giveaway next week uh, from our friends over at Dynamite so uh, stick around for that episode in the future and we'll see you guys then I'm Sal and I'm Tiffany so long everybody thanks for watching bye guys bye bye <laughs> Oh, my God.